0: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host David Drogmeier and on today's show lucky enough to be joined by one of the original members of the show John Kegley on with us today to discuss a heartbreaking loss but we are three writers who got our start at San Diego sports domination San Diego's top sports blog we did our own Facebook live show Chargers domination live for five seasons I write for the LA Football Network and this is our fourth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast bringing you your team every day. Wow. Alright guys, well what a brutal Sunday for Chargers fans, I definitely feel for you all out there. Thank you for tuning into the show anyways, I know it can be painful, special thank you to anyone who is checking out the show for the first time today, I still very much appreciate that and of course you can follow the show wherever you get your podcast from, you can find the Locked on Chargers podcast there, but on today's show we'll be talking about the brutal 20-17 loss by the Chargers to the Dallas Cowboys at home. Capped off by a 56-yard field goal by Greg Zerline as time expired. So much to get into there, but we're going to start the show by talking about really the big three things that cost the Chargers this game, which were turnovers, bad run defense, and penalties. Maybe penalties most of all. So we'll start there, and then in segments two and three, we'll get into our game recap, and we'll get into some good plays from the Chargers but get into every big play from this one, including the final wild sequence for the Chargers who end up letting it slip away. So before we get into that, though, if you guys are already looking forward to the NFL Draft, well, no worries, because the Lockdown NFL Draft show is back and it's relaunching September 20th with Ryan Tracy, who's bringing the analytics and former NFL player Eric Crocker, bringing the player scouting. So make sure to follow Lockdown NFL Draft podcast wherever you get your podcast from. All right, boys. Well, unfortunately, this is the tough part of the job, right? Where we have to come on here and talk about a big loss by the Chargers. Especially for David, I mean, being in Texas and having it go that way. I mean, for me, posting videos of Justin Herbert saying he's going to eat against the defense just for it to end up the way it did. I mean, it was just a brutal Sunday for Charger fans. And the game ends in a 56-yard field goal. But that was still felt so far away from what ended up deciding this game, David. And I think the biggest thing for the Chargers, who had some really good moments But they were taken away, so the biggest thing to me was the penalties, so I want to start there. Yes, there were some bad calls by the officiating crew in this game. Obviously, many more things decided the game besides that, but David, 12 penalties for 99 yards. I mean, the Chargers offense was muted against this Cowboys defense, but it could have been so much better. I mean, so many of the Chargers' explosive plays were called back due to penalties, and it just absolutely derailed the Chargers offense, who had a really favorable matchup in this one.
0: Yeah, Brandon Staley said in this press conference that it felt like a preseason game because there was 20. Penalties called in this game, and like you just said, twelve of them against the Chargers. And yes, there were several very explosive plays that get taken away because of stupid penalties. I remember Jared Cook getting called on a hold on a touchdown. That was an awesome play, but it just gets taken away from you, and you can't really even say that that hold really helped that play happen. And just several other examples where the Chargers would have a great play, and then they would just get taken away, and not only. Did the yards hurt, but it's also the momentum lost because then you have to go back and you have to try to recoup what you you thought you had. It also is an emotional roller coaster. Yes, the penalties were absolutely monumental in this game and they were backbreaking to the Chargers.
1: They were. I mean, they were brutal and the Chargers couldn't overcome them throughout the whole game. I think there were a lot of individual moments where Justin Herbert bailed them out of some really tough penalties. I mean, they had four penalties on one drive and still ended up scoring points. Like, that's overcoming a lot right there offensively. I mean, even another penalty that wasn't called on the Chargers, missed field goal by Tristan Viscaino, even if he had made it, it would have gotten called back by Trey Pipkin's 15-yard face mask penalty. So, it was just everywhere. But two touchdowns get called back by penalties. The Donald Parham touchdown, which would have been 36 yards. And then you also have the one-yard go-ahead touchdown late in the fourth quarter to Jared Cook, and it gets called back by an illegal shift. So brutal, and I know a lot of people are arguing about that shift, and we'll talk about that more later when we get to it in the game, but the Chargers, if the penalties are better, both from the standpoint of them being better and not committing them, because there were a lot the Chargers absolutely committed to, even if you're questioning some of them. If they do better in that category, they probably win this game, but one of the things that was a key contributor to them not winning the game John was the run defense and you're the only one that picked the Chargers to lose this game to the Cowboys because of that one simple fact and I mean I know I was very worried about it as well I knew the Chargers would probably struggle against Zeke and Tony Pollard and it ends up 31 carries 198 yards 6.4 yards per carry they just got mauled in the running game it got a little bit better towards the end but when you're able to dictate what the defense is going to do like that and running the ball down their throat Pushing guys off of the line of scrimmage, it's always going to be tough to win those games, and it limited the number of possessions in this game.
2: Yeah, and you can't even blame coaching, really, because if you look, a lot of those guys are getting put in the right spot to make the play. We just don't have the guys to make the play on this defense, and I think it's really just your defensive line. If you had a better defensive line, as far as in the middle, your defensive tackle, your nose tackles, if those guys were better, I believe you're actually going to stop the run, because you had linebackers that want to feast... We saw Murray actually get in there and stuff Zeke right in the backfield like just ate him up. All you had to do was find the hole and read it, but when you got guys getting driven way off the line into the end zone on some plays, I'm not going to call you out, but you kind of did get thrown way back into the end zone.
1: Jerry Tillery. Okay,
2: you Okay, wait, I'll let you do that one.
1: <laughs> but
2: he, You're not going to stop the run. And no matter what the coach says, you can call up this really great blitz. He can tell you exactly what the run play is and you can stop it. But if you're getting driven back, you're not going to stop it. So I can't blame the coach. I got to blame these players. We got to have a better personnel. And I think you guys mentioned earlier, we brought somebody onto the roster today instead of someone else that would have been better. Um, Wait, I'm going to let you rant about this because I've seen you do it all over Twitter today. You go in and take this one.
1: I mean, I don't know if I was ranting all over Twitter, but there definitely was a moment in the game where I said, hey, you know, Forrest Merrill would probably help right now. And I meant it. There and it the is. Chargers did bring up Joe Gaziano instead of, you know, Forrest Merrill or even Braden Fehoko. And they kept Eric Banks on the roster. They decided to bring up Joe Gaziano, who it's hard to say he was a factor at all in this game. He wasn't. But it was just brutal. I mean, from the time that the Cowboys got the ball and scored on their first drive, You knew it was going to be a problem before the game. It continued to be a problem during the game, and you were just hoping that they could make some plays, right? Force a couple of third and second and twelves even, right? And get some third and longs, because when the Chargers got to third and nine plus, the Cowboys were over and trying to convert on those third downs. I mean, they had two sacks of Dak Prescott Another one they gained 10 yards, but had to end up kicking a field goal. So the Chargers didn't get themselves in enough favorable matchups there. And another big thing, David, especially in this specific game, has to be the turnovers. And Justin Herbert throws a pick early on in the game. I mean, right off the bat in this game. And it was a really acrobatic interception, I would say, a very athletic interception by Trayvon Diggs trying to find Keenan Allen. A great play was made by him. I'm not going to take anything away from him. That was pretty hard. And then you also have in the end zone a play where Keenan Allen falls down, Justin Herbert throws it to where he thinks Keenan Allen's going to be. Keenan Allen isn't there, and it gets picked off again. And the Chargers for the second week, you know, turn the ball over in very plus territory. I mean, those turnovers, especially in a game, David, where you only get seven offensive drives, that's going to kill you so much of the time.
0: Yeah, and we thought this game was going to be an explosive offensive outburst. So we thought, hey, you know, we're going to get plenty of possessions. We're going to be able to score a lot of points. That was not this game. That was not this game. So when you give the ball away to the other team and give them more possessions, it kills you. It kills your momentum. You can't win football games if you're giving the ball to the other team. You just can't do that. And what's worse is that I know the the, the play to Keenan Allen in the end zone was a timing play. I get that. But Jalen Guyton was sitting in the middle of the end zone by himself, just completely By himself, No defenders, not even four yards from where he was at. It would have been an absolutely easy touchdown. But, hey, I mean, you just got to make some better decisions. You got to make some better throws. Justin Herbert was really good in this game. Spare for a couple of bad throws. And, unfortunately, Daniel, those balls got picked off.
2: Well, then, also, the touchdown that would have been to Donald Parham was the drive that Herbert threw that interception in the end zone. So, imagine if you don't have that holding penalty, you avoid that interception as well.
1: Yeah, I mean Herbert's Day went from what could have been, you know, three touchdowns and one interception right to one touchdown and two interceptions in this we, one. It was just we was easily brutal. left
2: fourteen points on the on the field. You had the miss field goal, you had a touchdown that got called back though ended into an inter- interception, and then you had a touchdown that got called back that ended in a field goal. That's fourteen points you left on the field and you lost by three.
1: Well, and like I said, it's important to remember, seven drives. The Chargers only had seven offensive drives in this game. A lot of the reason was it's so many long drives. They had some sustained drives, and the Cowboys were gashing them and being able to have these methodical big drives whenever they seemed to have wanted them. Whenever they wanted them, and I just when you have seven drives, and the results of those are settling for a field goal twice, right, and then you have two interceptions... That's six points on four possessions and two turnovers. That's just not going to get it done. And the Chargers just absolutely let this game slip away from them. They had a favorable matchup. The defense hung tough, as Brandon Staley put it. But they had their moments, especially in run defense, where they didn't look good either. Some guys had some good individual games. But I mean, just overall, not a good game for the Chargers. But we do have two more segments to get into because there were so many other plays that we've barely scratched the surface on. So many big plays in this game. So after this, we're gonna talk about the first half from this game against the Dallas Cowboys, and we're getting into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell Charger fans about an incredible app that everyone needs to when they're buying gas to know about, that everyone who buys gas needs to know about, get upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents a gallon every time they fill up just by downloading the GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. If you download it, you can use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Everybody gets gas, guys. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back with GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 back per gallon. On your first tank some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back and there's no catch the cash gets added to your account you can cash out anytime from your bank account paypal or even an e-gift card for amazon and other brands all you have to do is just download that free get upside app and start saving with the promo code touchdown all right well it's time to get into all of this game even though it's going to be tough i mean there's still a lot of plays to talk about and a lot of things we didn't get to get into in the first segment, even though we gave you the main reasons why the Chargers ended up blowing this one, but it got off to such a rough start right away because the Cowboys came out on their opening drive after the Chargers defer and they go 15 plays, 78 yards and get the touchdown. The Chargers run defense even there was non-existent and they had three third downs and one fourth down to try to get off the field. On the fourth down, Kazir White gets a defensive pass interference called one of the only defensive penalties of the game just trying to get out to the flat gets tangled up with a wide receiver they could have got the ball back right there they didn't on the Chargers first drive they get the ball back and then they go interception Justin Herbert trying to find Keenan Allen like we talked about Trayvon Diggs makes an incredible catch and the hard part about that drive on the Chargers first drive is they had two great plays to start it Austin Eckler started the game by taking a 20 yard rush and you're like oh my god look at Austin Eckler and then the play after that Justin Herbert scrambles a little bit, ends up finding Keenan Allen for a 22-yard gain. The Chargers are getting chunk plays right off the bat, and then you have the interception. It kills all the momentum, but we did get a rookie siding, John, because on the next drive for the Cowboys, Asante Samuel Jr. makes a big play on a bad throw by Dak Prescott. He gets his first interception and takes it back a fittingly 26-yard return, and the Chargers end up getting the ball back, but that was pretty cool to see Asante Samuel Jr., who I thought played well again in this game, get that big play.
2: Yeah, he did play very well. But you saw Dak Prescott just absolutely airmail that ball straight to Asante Samuel. Like, here here you go. Here's an early Christmas present for you. <laughs> but And I'm, I remember on Twitter I said, if you ever wanted something delivered fast, just use Dak Prescott airmail and it will get there quick. But it's it was nice to have that interception back after we just threw one. You kind of felt like, okay, we're not going to be falling behind too, too bad so far. We have a chance at redemption here. It just sucks that you only turn the next drive into a field goal afterward. But the fact that Asante Samuel, as a rookie in his second ever game, got his first career interception, money, money for that guy. I hope that improves his confidence in the rest of the season as well.
1: And we know how big confidence is for cornerbacks, right? Especially ones as feisty as Asante Samuel Jr. But the physicality was still there. And he just continues to make plays on the football when other teams target him, right? I know the Cowboys didn't have to throw a lot in this game, but... They really didn't throw their wide receivers, and some of and, that was just because Asante Junior played well. Asante Samuel Junior played well, and he did
2: this up against some high talent wide receivers too. Like he's going up against Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, even Dalton Schultz. Even though no one gives him credit, is a pretty decent tight end. Like he's and Dak Prescott throws the ball pretty well, and he's still making these plays. And he had a really good game against a really good passing team.
1: Yeah, and he'll and make another big play that we'll get into later on a fourth down play where he ends up getting the ball back to the Chargers' offense. But they didn't start then because the Chargers, like you said, did have to settle for that field goal on third down. I was pretty annoyed that they just had to throw the ball to Austin Eckler behind the line of scrimmage and have him try to beat somebody, especially when it ended up being three Cowboys defenders standing right there near the flats. That was kind of an ambulance
0: ball too, man. I didn't like that one.
1: Yeah, it just seemed like the Chargers should have had something better for that situation. And like I said, seven drives in this game, you get an interception – then you have to end up settling for three points on one of those drives. And then after that, David, the Cowboys come back and go seven plays, 75 yards on the next drive to take a 14-3 to lead. To say that the Cowboys offense at that point was moving through the Chargers like Swiss cheese, right, wouldn't even really do it justice. On that drive, it ends in a five-yard Zeke Elliott touchdown. But the Cowboys only faced one second down, and they faced zero third downs on that drive, David. That is moving the ball well.
0: They were running the ball with such crazy effectiveness that they really didn't even need to throw that much. Uh, I mean, Dak Prescott didn't look great in this game. I mean, he may... Oh, I'll I'll take that back. He was very efficient in this game, but he didn't win this game. It was the ground game for sure. It was Tony Pollard. It was Ezekiel Elliott. They were running through just gigantic holes. I mean, you could run semi-trucks through the holes they were running through. The defensive line for the Chargers got blown off the ball. They were really bad in this game. And hey, you got to give credit to the Cowboys' offensive line. They're really, really good. They were opening up gigantic holes, and Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard were more than happy to run through them.
2: Well, even on this drive, C.D. Lamb got a 13-yard rush as well. So they were just didn't matter. Yeah, (laughs)
1: they
0: they were just running the ball. Whoever would get the ball and find a hole, just give the ball to somebody with a star on their helmet, and good things are going to happen.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what it felt like, and it just it was 14 to three so quickly, right? And that just plays right into what the Dallas Cowboys can do well, which is run the football. I told you guys last week I wasn't taking any stock into them not running against Tampa Bay against that specific defensive front. They got to face the Chargers defensive front, and I kind of knew that's what it was going to look like. right? I just thought the Chargers would be able to make a few more plays. On the next drive, though, they do come back, and you get to see a little bit of how Brandon Staley likes to operate in the game because the Chargers go 10 plays, 75 yards, You get the touchdown to make it 14-11 And they go for the two-point conversion as part of that, right? And that's a two-yard rush from Austin Eckler. So even in the second quarter, Brandon Staley going for that two-point conversion and ended up paying big dividends later on, right? Because it kept them in a very favorable margin for the rest of the game with chances repeatedly to take the lead again. But it was nice because it was set up on third and 13. Mike Williams gets a 27-yard catch for a first down. And on that drive, the Chargers get overcome four penalties and get another touchdown from Mike Williams. Two touchdowns in two weeks. On a catch and run this time, makes a defender miss right at the line of scrimmage and ends up beating another defender into the end zone. A huge play for the Chargers to make it three. It felt like a really big moment then. And then after that, we saw the next big play by Asante Samuel Jr. He forces a turnover on downs on fourth and five. He breaks up a pass intended for Amari Cooper. The Cowboys tried to go for it, and their aggressiveness backfired immediately. A lot of people saying that was a defensive pass interference. It might have been, right? I mean, it was obviously a close call, but still, the dude is just making plays on the football, and you love to see it. And then well, that's when the it, half ends poorly.
2: Yeah, well, Amari Cooper also had his arm extended out on Asante Samuel before he could even try to reach over for a defensive PI. So it, it was both ways. You can't really call a flag on either side unless you're going to call offensive pass interference first, because that was the first kind of contact that was made on that play.
1: Then I thought the same thing as well, which is why I didn't think it was a big blown call by any means, but it did precede the Chargers not finishing the half the way that they would want to because on the next drive, they go 12 plays after getting the ball back 33 yards and miss a field goal. Tristan Vizcaino's first missed field goal of the season, and again, the Chargers had another chance to put up a touchdown there and then end up not doing it, but they did get some extra help on that drive though because on fourth and 20, The Cowboys ended up roughing the kicker against Ty Long. A personal foul. He got absolutely obliterated. I mean, it was a mess back there. I was surprised he was able to come back in the game. I mean, maybe he wasn't. We never saw him. The Chargers didn't have a single punt in this game. But this is just to say, though, the Chargers, again, leaving points off of the board. Seven drives. And on this drive, you end up missing a field goal, leaving three points out there. Even if he had made the field goal, it would have been a 15-yard face mask on Trey Pipkin. So... Just absolutely brutal. And then even after that, John, they have a wide play at the end where the Cowboys just throw the ball easily to CeeDee Lamb. He makes a bunch of guys miss in the open field and then laterals it to Ezekiel Elliott, and he gets pushed out at the three-yard line by Derwin James, saving a touchdown. But just not a good end of the half. The Chargers just leaving more opportunities out there.
2: Oh, It was embarrassing to watch CeeDee Lamb make all those guys miss by himself on that last play. I mean, it showed, it showed how bad our tackling was just in the first half alone with how bad we were stopping the run. It was a lot of missed tackles usually. And on the very last play of the half, you have like, I'm going to say it was three guys, if I remember correctly, were surrounding him, and he just makes one little cut, and they all just swarm and miss him, and he's off to the races. And then Ezekiel Elliott almost scores. He was out of bounds at around the one or two-yard line. You cannot let stuff like that happen, man. You, If they would have scored on that play, the momentum going into halftime would have been outrageous for the Cowboys. Well,
0: it's and the second week in, in a row where their end-of-half procedures are not where they should be. Yeah, and last week it's a
1: roughing the passer call on Joey Bosa. That leads to three points. And then this week, you don't give up points directly before the half, but you leave points out there, right? You miss the field goal. You aren't able to get a touchdown to really – you know, fully give yourself that momentum going into halftime. Just kind of fizzled out at the end of the first half, which the Chargers did a lot of on Sunday. But we do have one more segment to get into because the Chargers would come back and have many chances to take the lead, but would end up falling short. So we'll get into the biggest plays from the second half coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you guys about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required content varies by package. I also need to tell you guys about built bars. Built bars are my favorite protein bar, and to me, it's all about taste when I have a protein bar. Yes, it has to be something that's good for me, which built bars are, but if it doesn't taste good, I'm just not going to eat it. And built bars have been my favorite protein bar for a long time now. And one of the things I love the most about built bars is I always am switching it up. I I have flavors that I like peanut butter, brownie, cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut almond, so many good flavors to choose from. And you can buy a mixed box where you can just buy a box and get to keep changing things up because you'll get to try every flavor in that box. And what I love about Built Bar is that they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. And they're the official protein bar of the U.S. Women of the U.S. Track and Field team. So if it's good enough for them, it's definitely good enough for me. But Built Bars, the other great thing about them is they're going to fit on whatever diet that you're on. Most of them have 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories and only about 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. So you don't have to feel guilty about eating a Built Bar even though it tastes like you should. But we can even save you guys some money. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys. Well, now it's time to get into the rough second half. For the Chargers, I mean, we knew that the Chargers would have more chances in this one. It felt like going into the second half, their offense was just so close to kind of breaking out, right? But just couldn't get out of its own way. And it continued in the second half. I mean, it's hard to say that they really ever fully put it together offensively. But the Chargers did start off the second drive with some points because they went 13 plays, 61 yards to get a field goal to make it 14-14 to on their first drive coming out of halftime, but they get another giant play called back on that drive as well. I mean, Justin Herbert threw an absolute laser beam for a 31-yard gain to Mike Williams, but it gets called for a very questionable illegal man downfield penalty against Ode abushi which obviously had nothing to do with the play, but I thought it was just also just questionable as far as if he was too far down the field. Or whatever, but another big play called back by a field goal, and another opportunity for the Chargers to get more points, and they end up having to settle for a field goal. But it was made a little bit better, David, I think, on the next drive because the Cowboys go seven plays, 28 yards, and have to punt. And you had to love it because the Chargers finally got home on Dak Prescott. The defense made a big play, and it seemed like the momentum might be shifting back into the Chargers' favor because on 3rd and 9, Derwin James and Jerry Tillery and really like 5 Chargers defenders come together for a sack on Dak Prescott.
0: Yeah, it took them until five minutes left in the third quarter to get any kind of substantial pressure on Dak. That was the first time they were able to get him on the ground, and that just wasn't enough pass rush. That right there, I think, was the first time where they actually schemed up something together to where they were going to get him on the ground, and they finally did, but that was another thing in this game. Dak had pretty much all the time he wanted, and I'm sure part of that was because they were running the ball so well, but the Chargers' lack of pass rush was very apparent.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of it just has to do with the Cowboys being able to run the ball so effectively. Like There was just not a lot of chances for the Chargers' defensive front to get pressure. I mean, so many quick passes when they were throwing it, and when you run the ball well, it's going to take away from the other team's pass rush, especially when the other team has the lead for most of the game and can kind of play the way they want to play. It's hard to make them uncomfortable, but the Chargers do there. They get a run stuff early on in the series. And then that turns into a third and long where the Chargers are able to get home on a sack, but On the punt, K.J. Hill returns a punt from the Chargers three-yard line, does not get a big return, and has another questionable decision. And it's just, for him, I mean, it's one thing to not have an explosive punt returner back there that has a chance to take it to the house, right? Because, yeah, I mean, it's good until it's Travis Benjamin who's going to drop it anyways. But you have to have sound decision-making back there if you're just the reliable guy. Another questionable decision there, but that wasn't the reason why on the next drive The Chargers had more bad luck because they go 11, plays 82 yards, and have that interception that we talked about earlier on the show. Keenan Allen ends up falling down, John, and Justin Herbert throws it into the end zone, only for it to be picked off again for his second interception of the game and his second turnover in two weeks with the Chargers in field position for certain points. I mean, that was absolutely brutal. And like you talked about before, Donald Parham has a 36-yard touchdown. Call back for a holding call on Jared Cook. It was probably holding on Jared Cook, right? And I mean, that one is just, if you have better technique, if it's a better block, Donald Parham scores a touchdown, but instead you have a great chance. Your defense gets you a stop and you come back on the field and you go in the red zone and you have a turnover and it all goes away just like that.
2: It was absolutely heartbreaking that, I don't know, right when I saw Donald Parham get that touchdown, I I started losing my mind and then I see the little yellow marker on the scoreboard at the bottom of the screen pop up and I'm like... Oh no, it, it would be, there would be a penalty. It's on us, isn't it? Isn't it? And when I see holding, I'm like, great. So I'm like, then in my head, I go, no, it's okay. Herbert's been converting all these third and longs. We're converting third down. We can do this. We can do this. Third and six comes up. I'm like, okay, here we go. This is where we get the touchdown. Right. And then I see the interception and I'm like, why did he throw it directly to a cowboy player? But like, please tell me somebody fell down. And I look at the replay. Keenan Allen slips on the route. Just It's just a timing route. You have to throw the ball before he's there, and sometimes that's just the consequence. If a guy falls or misses his step or something and he's a step behind, it's going to be an interception. It's a timing route. It's how it works. But, I mean, David, you mentioned earlier someone was wide open in that end zone earlier.
0: Yeah, Jalen Guyton was by himself on, on that play. I mean, the, he could have screamed SOS, and he would have been rescued because, man, he was by himself. It, it was bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was – Justin Herbert, before that ball is even snapped, you know, he thinks he's going to Keenan Allen. It seemed like on that play, right? Because I agree.
2: It just, it, it would have just know where your guy's going to be. You're looking him off so that they don't ob- make it so obvious of where you're going. And then when you look that way, he's not there.
1: It would have been a really tight throw, but, you know, he trusts Keenan Allen down there. Keenan Allen slips, and it doesn't matter because it's just the second turnover and the second time in the game where you're leaving points off the board because of a turnover. So it's just, it was really tough right there. And it felt like, Things weren't going to go the Chargers' way from then on out. Even though it was a tie game, the Cowboys had all the momentum and it doesn't help that they came out. And on the first play, get a 28-yard run by Tony Pollard. It was just brutal. I mean, that was a back-breaking play to give up that big run, flip the field position right after you get that interception and you need another.
0: Well, then another 20-yard run after that. They ran for 50 yards on two rushing plays after that happened and it just was killer.
1: Yeah, and the one thing that saved the Chargers is, once again, they got it to a third down, and kind of long, and this time, Tyron Smith gets beat by Kyler Fackrell, of all people, who strips and sacks Dak Prescott, but the Beautiful Chargers... Beautiful
0: hand swipe, man. That was absolutely gorgeous. To be a left textbook. tackle of that caliber with that hand swipe yeah. was amazing.
2: Oh, yeah. it was absolutely textbook. I loved it.
1: It was a huge play, and like that's the thing, is the Chargers kept giving you these moments where they're like, okay, maybe this is where... They're going to stop tripping over themselves and finish the game, right? And it just didn't come to fruition. That's
2: what this team is like, right? Like this new Brandon Staley team, you actually feel like we're getting over the hurdles. Now, you're not sitting there going, here we go. This is where we start to fail. You kind of feel like, okay, you know, maybe we're actually about to do this.
1: I mean, you're somewhat torn as a Chargers fan. Is it going to be the old Chargers who show up, or is it going to be the new Brandon Staley Chargers? Even though, I mean, as for as good of a coach as we think Brandon Staley is and, is and will be, This was an undisciplined team today, right? But, yeah, you do feel with Brandon Staley that you still have a shot in these games. You get the big plays that you're looking for. Getting that giant sack right there to force a field goal is still huge. You can't jump on top of it, which is tough. But then the next wild sequence happened. And the Chargers get the ball back with a chance to, you know, score a touchdown and go up by four points, which would have been huge. I mean, absolutely crucial. They move right down the field. Keenan Allen gets a 30-yard gain down to the two-yard line. And then things went bananas because Jared Cook gets a touchdown on the next play. It gets called back for an illegal shift, which by the letter of the law, I mean, if you're asking, you know, Daniel Popper said he looked at the rule book. That's what it says. Jared Cook was in motion. Mike Williams took a step back, right? Was trying to get basically at the right depth on the sideline. They're both moving at the same time. Supposedly, the rule book says if both guys are moving, both guys have to come to a stop before the play is run. I don't think that play gets called a lot. I mean, I really don't because it's not as if Mike Williams was actually in motion, right? He's getting lined up, but it was during when Jared Cook was moving. Jared Cook doesn't come set. They call the penalty. It seemed like they called it super late. Either way, you still have a chance to score, but the Chargers thought they had the go-ahead touchdown right there. Celebration flag. Bring another touchdown off the board for the Chargers on a really good play by Jared Cook, too. I mean, that was a tough catch. Makes a touchdown play for the Chargers. It gets called back. Then on the next play, there's an iffy call. John doesn't think it was a defensive pass interference on Anthony Brown. David does think it was a pass interference. What I think is that the Chargers would have gotten it called a 1,000% of the time on a pass to Mike Williams, who has to try to come back through the defender to get the football. And then the worst call comes because on the next play... Justin Herbert is trying to buy time, trying to buy time, fading back in the pocket, fading back. Micah Parsons gets up in his face. Justin Herbert starts stiff-arming him and then makes a wild throw back towards the line of scrimmage, somewhat near Austin Eckler. And what they say is that Justin Herbert is down for a sack because he was in the grasp of Micah Parsons. Now a touchdown is out of the question. Now you're playing for a field goal to tie the game. Such a brutal swing of events there, David. I mean, after that, it just felt like the game was over. Before Tristan Vizcaino even tries that field goal, you just have that call called on Justin Herbert, and it just felt like that was the game.
0: Of all of the officiating issues in this football game, that call was the f***ing worst I have ever seen. I cannot believe they called that a sack. He's moving backwards. He's got his hands in Micah Parsons' face, and then he was able to throw the ball. Micah Parsons' hands were not on him whatsoever. So to call that a sack is complete bullshit. Oh, and then on top of that,
2: after the Charger game ends, they go to the Seahawks-Titans game, and Russell Wilson has the same thing called on him. And I just don't get it. You're in the era of the mobile quarterback where all these highlight plays are getting made while guys are in the grasp of a defender. Patrick Mahomes does it constantly and now all of a sudden if you're moving backwards and you're stiff-arming a guy and you throw the ball, you're it's sacked now? Like I'm trying to figure this out. Is the NFL not like highlight plays? Is it not like talented quarterbacks anymore?
0: We're playing two-hand touch out there. It's ridiculous.
2: It's e- easily two-hand touch now. The NFL just getting softer and softer every single year.
1: And Gene Steratore, you know, former NFL officiating leader, you know, one of the guys that they consult as well when they're going through these calls. He said on Twitter that he thought it was a bad call. And he said that basically you get what the purpose of the rule is. I mean, it's for when a quarterback is imminently going to be sacked. There was no part of that play where I thought Justin Herbert was going to be sacked. Like, I just didn't. Like, I thought he was going to get away. And he basically said that there's certain quarterbacks you have to give the benefit of the doubt to, whether it's a Patrick Mahomes or a Russell Wilson, or a Justin Herbert. You have to give the guy a chance to go make a play. It was a brutal call, and the Chargers basically have to settle for a field goal at that point. And then, on the last drive by the Cowboys, the Chargers' run defense showed up a little better. They had two third downs where they had a chance to get off the field. They can't. The Cowboys end up getting close enough after a 12-yard pass to Amari Cooper to kind of bungle the end of this game. They probably should have had more yards, but it ends up being a 56-yard field goal attempt. For Greg Zerline, who missed all sorts of kicks in the opening week against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In this game, he hits a 56-yarder to snatch the heart out of Charger fans. And it just, you felt like it was going in at that point. Nothing was going the Chargers' way. The defense did enough in the second half to keep the Chargers' offense in it. The Chargers' offense, I thought, was the real letdown in this game. Obviously, the run defense wasn't great. It was bad, you know, very bad. But I thought it was the Chargers' offense... The penalties that really ended up costing him. But just an ugly end of this game. And the Chargers don't have it any easier next week. Because next week, you get the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. right? Coming off of a loss against the Baltimore Ravens. But it's going to be really tough for Justin Herbert to get his first win against Patrick Mahomes next week. For the Chargers to avoid going 1-2. and But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We will be back with you guys tomorrow to get into what went right and what went wrong. Because I did think there were some promising things from this game. I thought Mike Williams played pretty well. I thought that Asante Samuel Jr. played very, very well. Still some silver lining stuff to get into, but we'll break that down tomorrow. Until then, make sure to go follow the show wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the new Odyssey app. You can find us there for free, and you can follow the show and rate and review if you like the show as well. We would really appreciate it. You can also find us on all of our social media and find the show on our social media. You can find us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Droegemeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. You can also find John Kegley on Twitter at BiggestChargerFan. You should see him. He will pop up there. But we also post the show to our at LockedOnChargers Instagram and our LockedOnChargers Facebook page. But if you guys want to get your reactions, and I know some of you already have, on the show to this game i understand being frustrated you can get your frustration out on the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. and we try to get every charge of voicemail played on the show but we very much appreciate especially after the tough ones you guys coming back and checking in with us again and for everyone who checked the show out for the first time but we'll be back with you guys tomorrow until then take it easy and go bolts